Ministries podcast. We are so happy you are tuning in. On this episode, Pastor Tony gives us a message on abiding in Christ from John 5, which was given at our annual fall retreat. I want to begin tonight by sharing with you all something that I think most of you know in this room. Some you don't, and so this might come to a surprise to you, because you might have heard me talk about this, but in middle school and high school, I had an awful mouth, okay? I had an awful mouth, and this even carried into some of my early years of becoming a Christian. I even had an awful mouth. I mean, swear words came out of me left and right. Some of you are like, no way. Pastor Tony would never do that. Middle school, high school, and early semesters at Moody, swear words were, or early, early years in, as a Christian, swear words were coming out left and right. And in many ways, I would say, looking back, looking back at why that became what I was speaking was because I had a, it had a lot to do who I was hanging out with, to be honest. But nonetheless, right? I, it's not all on my friends and hanging out with the bad crew. Nonetheless, these words are what came from my heart, right? They came from my heart. And so what really changed everything for me was as I began to grow in my walk with the Lord and in attending youth group, getting more involved at church, and in getting discipled, I began to notice that, number one, God would not be pleased with what's going on in my heart and what's coming out of my lips as a Christian. He wouldn't be pleased if he, he does hear my every word. But I, I just know he wouldn't be pleased with how I talked. And two, I thought about the testimony of Christ that I was proclaiming in how I live. If following Christ and glorifying him and proclaiming him is everything to me, I'm not too sure that my words are revealing to others that that's the case in my life. If left and right swear words were coming out of my mouth. <clears throat> if gossip was coming out of my mouth, how I talk about my parents, how I talk about friends, right? Like, I'm not too sure I'm giving the right testimony to people, yet I say Christ means everything to me. And so in seeking for this to change, I sought the Lord through prayer, in spending time in God's word, and in seeking guidance, my heart began to change. By God's grace, my heart began to change. I didn't have the desire to talk like that anymore. It just kind of went away. And I don't like it when others talk like that. And my whole heart about it shifted, and others saw that within me. Hey, Pastor Tony, I mean, Tony's not swearing anymore. Huh? Is this the same guy we knew? Left and right, there was a swear word. What what happened to this dude? Others began to see it within me. And what I believe made the difference is exactly what we've been talking about all weekend and what we're going to see tonight. I believe because of the abiding in Christ and Christ remaining in me and seeking for him to change, kind of like I shared with you guys this morning in my personal story there, Christ produced something within me that I could never have done on my own. Christ produced fruit. 
Christ produced change, and it was evident to others. And the only response I had as to why, hey, Tony's not swearing anymore. What happened to this dude? The only response I could give them was, is Christ. It was Christ. It was Christ's power at work. I can't explain it other than that. And so this takes us to our big idea tonight. Here's our big idea, but before we do that, let's read our verses for tonight as we continue in John 15. We're going to be looking at verses 8 to 11. John 15, 8 through 11. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So our big idea, as we bear fruit... We are declaring to the world that Christ is within us. As we bear fruit, we are declaring to the world that Christ is within us. As we bear fruit, we are declaring to the world that Christ is within us. I want to just give us a review of where we've been coming into tonight. Friday night, we unpacked what it means that Jesus is the vine and God is the vine dresser and we are the branches as believers in Christ. We also defined what abide means. It means we remain in, continue in, to keep in fellowship with. And our big idea Friday night was abiding in Christ means we remain in Christ. And then this morning, we began to see that fruit is only possible because of Christ. We looked at what some of that fruit was with Galatians 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We also heard that from Jesus, when it comes to producing fruit, apart from Him, we can't produce fruit. We can produce nothing. And our big idea this morning was abiding in Christ produces fruit within us that we can't produce without him. And so now we come to tonight. And we're going to unpack this starting in verse 8. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. So this verse serves as a so that statement. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Like when we read God's word, it says so that. The authors will say so that. It has the tone of therefore. You know, da 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 Therefore, this is what it means with everything I just said. Right? So that verse 8 kind of serves like that. A so that statement. And it's, uh, he, the, Jesus says this, when we live abiding in Christ, so that, therefore, three things are going to take place. The first one is this. God is glorified. That's the first one. God is glorified. When you live this way, glory is given to him. 
Remember, fruit is not about you or for you. Fruit is about him and serving others. Right? It's glory to him, not to you. Because you're living in such a way that the world does not see, the world cannot offer, it points people to magnify the only name that can produce a life that is so different than this world. Think about it this way. When you see the outward structure and shape of something you plant, right? Like let's say you walk out to your garden or whatever, and you, you look at it and you see the structure and you see the shape, you see the vines and you see the branches and the fruit, and you're looking at it and you find it very beautiful. You find it looking really good. Man, that's a really good crop of fruit right there. The vines look strong, the branches look strong, the fruit are ready and ripe. Imagine you look at that. When you say that and you see that type of crop, who are you praising when you do that? Who are you praising? You're praising the one who planted it. You're praising the one who tends to it, who cultivates things and prunes it and makes it look that way. You're praising the vine dresser for the way he's tended to it so that it looks so beautiful. And in the same way, God gets the glory for how he tends to us and uses us. That's the hope and prayer that when people see, man, I look at how Easton lives, it's not about praising Easton. Man, Easton lives totally like someone else that is not of this world. It should be, man, I see God and I praise God for how he uses him and shapes him and prunes him to make him stand out, right? And the same can be said for all of you guys. You're praising the vine dresser and God is glorified. That's the first one. The second thing, you bear much, much fruit. We've seen this, we keep seeing this. Fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit, right? Christ is producing much of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Self-control. And again, this isn't a worldly definition of these fruits, because it's a totally different definition than how Christ defines these things. But that's what is coming out. The love is Christ's love. The joy is Christ's love. The peace is Christ's peace. The gentleness is Christ's gentleness, not how the world defines those things. And when we abide in Christ, and God is glorified, and Christ is producing much fruit within us, here's the third thing, and this is important. When these two things are happening, the third thing is this. This is proof that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. That's proof. Because look what it says at the end of verse 8. That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. We have seen this message more than once this weekend. Did you know that? Have you seen that? Have you caught that? Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Verse 4, as the branch cannot produce by itself. Verse 5, for apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Verse 6, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. This message is not new to us this weekend. Rather, what is different here is that Jesus gets right to the point and says, where there is fruit, spiritual fruit, fruit that Christ produces, there is a follower of Jesus Christ. That's, I see it. He's a follower of Christ. There's a disciple of Christ. Because once again, as I mentioned this morning, a true branch that is connected to the true vine will always bear fruit. It has to. It must. It does what it's supposed to do. Where there is life that is connected to Christ, inevitably, there will be and should be fruit. Change, change should be taking place within someone's life that glorifies God. A good question to ask ourselves is this. Think about this question. Write this question down. Ponder this question. Here it is. Would my life be proof that I am a follower of Jesus Christ? Would my life be proof that I am a follower of Jesus Christ? If I took all of your friends, had them come up here, and I said, okay, um, hey, tell me how you see Nick live. Would the answer be, he loves Jesus Christ. I could see it. I could tell. Hey, how do you see Nick live? He loves Jesus. That's all he talks about. Hey, um, how do you see Heath respond to situations like this? Man, all I know is he's always forgiving, and I don't know where he gets that from, because I wouldn't forgive the way he forgives. You get the picture? If I were to have your friends up here, your family up here, everyone within your spheres of influence, would they be able to say, I can't help but say that's a Christian, because that's what I see. Would your life be proof that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Or another way to say it would be this. Is fruit taking place within you that causes other people to say, I see Jesus in this person. <laughs> when people say that, do you see God working in how you think? Do you see God working in what comes out of your mouth? Do you see God working in your attitude, in your desires, in your priorities? Would your life be proof that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Would our lives be evidence that we are followers of Christ because of the fruit-producing work that Christ is doing within us? Because we are abiding in Him. This is why you hear people say in regards to wondering if someone's a Christian or not. We've all have heard this before. I don't see any fruit in them. I don't see any change taking place. Their lifestyle is not one of Christ, so therefore it's hard for me to believe that they're what? A Christian. I don't see any change. I don't see any fruit. They say they're a Christian. Sure doesn't look like it with how they live. Sure doesn't look like it when I look at their social media accounts. Why? Why? Because there's no evidence of fruit. <clears throat> Nothing has changed in their lives. 
and no change is even taking place. Also, they don't want any change. They can care less. Now, granted, I want to say this. We're not God, okay? I'm not God. I don't know the genuineness of someone's heart, right? I don't, and, and, and I know this. I know fruit takes time, right? It's not an overnight thing that happens. I know it takes time, and we need to give grace, right? But there has to be some sort of movement and change taking place. There has to be some sort of movement, even if it's small movement. But this takes us to something we cannot miss in regards to fruit. Verses 9 to 11. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. If we're abiding in Christ, we most certainly will take on the characteristics and heartbeat of him. If we're abiding in Christ, we most certainly will take on the characteristics and heartbeat of Christ. This is the idea that when you remain in something, you become what you remain in. All right, another example. Tomato vine is filling the branches with everything it needs to produce a tomato. And what will come? A tomato, right? A pear, did someone say pear? <laughs> See, this sounds familiar in that when you remain in hanging out with friends that you know are bad influences, when you remain to hang out with them, what tends to happen? Guess who you start to become, whether you realize it or not, or whether you want to or not. Guess who you start to become. Who do you start to become? Just like them. Just like them. Because you've been remaining in them. Now, no question, since being married to Corey, I have taken on some of who she is and what she does. Because I've been remaining in her. And with her. So I was a night guy. I'm a night guy. I stay up late. Okay? And that's who I was before being married to Corey. Before you know it, shortly in our marriage, bedtime is much sooner now. Because Corey is a go to bed earlier type of person. And I'll just say this I love it now. All right, I love it now. I'll admit, I love it. Our bedtime earlier is fantastic. Thank you for changing that within me. I appreciate that. <laughs> right? I love it. Okay? But one thing that I'm beginning to catch on, and she doesn't know this, so this is me actually telling her for the very first time. <laughs> one thing that I'm beginning to catch on to that I am liking a little bit more and more and more as we do it and as I remain together in marriage with her, is as we're eating bags of chips, Corey likes to cut the bag down so that our hands are not diving deep into the bag and getting all messy and dirty. It's growing on me, I'll admit. I'll admit, it's growing on me, okay? 
But I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you cutting the bag? All right, but here's the thing. How many of you cut the bag of chips? I'm just curious. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. But here's the thing. Shh. So, Corey, I just spilled the beans. You're welcome. The point in all of this, again, is to show that when we abide in Christ, we are going to change in such a way where we become more and more like Him when we abide in Him. And in what ways does that exactly happen? Well, Jesus gives us two ways that happens. The first one is He talks about love. Love. Abide in my love. Then He says, if you keep my commandments, which happens when we abide in Him, you will abide in my love. So we're going to become more and more like Christ in His love. That's one. The second thing He talks about in the end of verse 11 is joy. My joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus has a strong desire for His disciples to experience the love the Father has for the Son. I think that is so important for you all to hear in this room that I'm going to say it again. Jesus has a strong desire for His disciples to experience and to have the love the Father has for the Son. He desires for that to be what you experience as well. But what was that love? What is that love? Well, it's a love that has given everything to the Son. God has given everything to the Son. We see this in John 3.35. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into His hands. He wants to give that to you. Another example was, it's a love that was before the foundation of the world. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you have loved me before the foundation of the world. That's in John 17, 24. And then a third and finally here, we can go with so many more things here, but it's a love that sacrifices for the sake of others. We see this in John 10, 17. For this reason, the Father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it up again. That same love that God lavishes on the Son is the same love He wants to give to you as His children. And He wants you to experience that love to the fullest. Not just a little bit, not just half of it, but all of it. But one way we experience that to the fullest is when we obey His commandments. As John 14, 15 says, John 14, 15, if you love me, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. In John 14, 21, whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Here's the crazy, incredible thing for both believers in this room and non-believers. 
is that they can experience the love the Father has for the Son today. Right now, you can experience that same love. And not only right now, but you can experience that love forever. How crazy incredible is that? John 17, 26. I've made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Sounds like a bye, doesn't it? Everyone in this room, I want to tell you this. Everybody in this room. God loves you so much. Like so much. He loves you so much that the same love that God has for His Son, Jesus Christ, which, by the way, He sent Him that much, this crazy love that God loves for the Son, sent Him to die on the cross for you and me. This love in which we can't even comprehend or fully fathom and never will this side of eternity is the love God wants to share with every single person in this room. Did you hear that? That is how much God loves you. It's the same love too, by the way. It's not a lesser amount of love. It's not a different kind of love. It's not a love that you would show your friend rather than to your parents, right? Like we show them maybe different levels of love or kinds of love because one's your parent, one's your friend, right? No, it's not a different kind of love or a different level of love. It's the same exact love in which he loves the son. He loves you. Maybe you have never heard that before in your life. I want to say this. Those who do not know Jesus Christ in this room, you can experience this love tonight. If you have never experienced this kind of love before, if you tonight in your heart believe Jesus Christ has died for your sins, you can experience all that we have been talking about this weekend with bearing fruit. And more fruit and much fruit if you turn your heart over to Jesus Christ. If you want to experience what it means to grow in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you want to grow in those things the way Christ defines it, give your life over to Jesus tonight. And if you want to experience eternal life in heaven where you are forever in relationship with Christ and where there is no more sin, no more death, no more pain, no more sickness, no more sorrow, no more diseases, and so much more. If you want that, turn your life over to Christ. And to those in this room who've done this already, and really this is to everyone in this room, so much of the pursuit of Christ in this life is about abiding in Him. I cannot stress that enough. 
We cannot do this life well. At, in any way, in any shape, or in any form, unless we know and are connected to the one true vine, Jesus Christ. We can't live this life well. This week, I want to share this with you guys. This week, I got a text from someone. I'm not going to tell you who, but I got a text from someone and said, hey, I'm struggling right now. Can, can we meet? I said, yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's meet. Random, just on the spot, text me. Hey, I got stuff going on. Can we meet? I said, yeah, let's, yeah, let's meet. So I met with this person in my office this week, preparing for this weekend. And they were sharing with me how much they've been noticing they were getting into things they aren't proud of. And this person even said to me, they know better not to fall into these things. This person was a believer, and they said, I, I know better, Pastor Tony, but I just, I just fell into it. And I have been for a while now. And they're not proud of it. But can I tell you what was, what was running through my head the whole time we were talking? These verses. I couldn't help but think these verses as I was with this person in my office. I, I was just thinking these verses. And this is what I, I, I will say to all of us in this room, and it's what I said to this person. We need Jesus Christ every single moment. No wonder we fall away from the Lord and we start to see us backslide and drift in our walks when we're not abiding in Him. And I believe that's what was going on with this person that came into my office. If I have not touched my Bible in weeks, don't you think it's going to have an effect on how I live? If I haven't even picked up my Bible in weeks, don't you think it'll affect, affect how I live this life as a Christian if I haven't touched my Bible in weeks? If there is something you constantly hear from these passages, and this is for sure what I keep seeing as I was studying for this weekend, there is this utter dependence upon how much we need Christ every single moment of our lives. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say every single moment of our life. And that might sound like a bad thing to some of you maybe in this room. I don't want someone to tell me how to live this life. I want to be independent. I want to do my own thing. Even for a little. I, want to, I don't want someone to tell me how to live. I want to share you this. Look at the good that comes from being united to Christ. And it actually only comes from being united to Him. Love and joy is going to be displayed within us. Again, a love and a joy that Christ defines. Oh, and by the way, it's not going to be a little bit. It's not going to be half. It's going to be full. It's going to be filled to the brim. I love that. I love that. You know, I, I always tell myself, and this was convicting to me, in regards to love, in regards to love, 
I always tell myself, I want to continue to grow in my love to Corey. I want, I want to always be growing in my love to her. I want to always be growing in my love to my parents. I want to always be growing in my love to you guys as a youth group. I want to always be growing in my love to my siblings. I want to always be growing in my love to my friends. I want to always be growing in my love to just being in contact with random people I find on the street. And you know what these verses showed me again? That this love is only possible when I'm connected to Him. The more I remain in Him and get to know the love the Father has for the Son and the love the Son has for me, that is what Christ is going to produce within me. And the same can be said for you when it comes to the fruit that Christ produces within you. So I love how Jesus brings this home in verse 11. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus shares these things not to scare us, not to force us into doing something we don't want to do or pressure us because it has to be a personal desire of yours. You have to want this. It has to be a personal desire of yours. But he shares these things with us because Jesus wants to give this to you freely. He wants to bring joy to you. And he knows that a lifestyle of abiding in him will not only bring love and joy and peace and patience, all that, not only will bring it, but it will be filled to the brim in our lives. Does that sound good to anybody in this room? Does anybody want that in this room? As we get ready to enter into our response time this evening, I want to share this from Matthew Henry. He's a commentator. And I believe he encompasses so much of what this weekend is about so perfectly. Listen to what he says here. In order to fruitfulness... We must abide in Christ, must have union with Him by faith. It is the great concern of all Christ's disciples. Did you hear that? It is the great concern of all Christ's disciples constantly to keep up dependence upon Christ and communion with Him. True Christians find by experience that any interruption in this exercise of their faith causes holy affections to decline. Their corruptions to revive and their comforts to droop. The key to a fruitful and holy life is abiding. So as we enter into this response time, 
all weekend, we've studied what it means to abide, to remain in Christ. And we're not done. We got one more message to go tomorrow morning. But in many ways, it leads us to this moment tonight. Tonight, you're going to have this special response time. And in this time, I want to create a visual picture of what we've been talking about in choosing to remain in the true vine. You see here that we have scattered vine throughout the room. And you'll also notice that you guys received two branches. During this reflection time, as we do in the past, you guys can hold on a second. During this reflection time, as we've done in the past, I want you to be alone with God. I want you to be alone with God in this room, somewhere in this room. And I want you to just process everything you've been hearing. I know it's a lot. This is a lot of information really quick. I want you to process everything that the Lord has been speaking to you. But more more importantly, I want you to reflect on what God is showing you through John 15 and through what it means to abide. You could take this time to journal. You could take this time to draw. You could just sit and pray. Maybe you reach out to a leader. I'm going to have leaders just kind of walking around and standing like we've done in the past. And if you just need to talk to a leader or you just want a leader to pray for you, they'll be here for that time as well. Okay? But what I want you to do with one of those branches is when you're ready in that reflection time, you take the time you need to journal, draw, whatever. When you're ready, I want you to take one of those branches and I want you to connect it to the vine up here. Don't connect it to anything over there. Connect it up here where we have the lights. And when I mean connected, I mean you could just set it on there, okay? Kind of just normally, right, where a branch sticks out. And when you're connecting it to the vine, I don't want you to just drop it and connect it and leave. I want you to stop and pray as you're connecting it to the vine. Stop and pray. Pray through what you're doing as you're connecting it to the vine and to what God has been speaking to you about this weekend. The whole thing is about visually capturing what we've been talking about. And for us to say together and individually, this is what tonight's about. We are saying together and individually, I am going to remain in Jesus Christ. I can't do it without him. I need him. And then the other branch is just for you to take home to serve as a reminder. I want to just read this. Once again for us, everything we've been hearing up until this weekend, I want to just read it for us again. I want you guys to close your eyes. I'm just going to read this over you guys. And then once I'm done, you guys can enter into your response time. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me 
that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, and you want to experience that tonight and a life of abiding in the true vine as you guys have done here tonight, do not leave tonight or this weekend without talking to me, talking to one of the leaders. Do not leave this weekend or tonight without doing that. There's nothing greater than making that decision. And I just want to say this, from us leaders to you guys, we love you. Like, we love you guys. And we want to see you, encourage you, help you in any way we can to help you in remaining connected and staying on this path of remaining connected. By no means do we do it perfect. But we want to help you. And we want you guys to help us. Right? Because this is something we cultivate. It's not something that just is automatic. So, just want to say that to you guys. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for just this time where we can just hear from you and spend time alone with you and God, just get things off that we've brought into this weekend that need to be given into your hands. Stuff we're stressed about or worried about or scared about, nervous about, stuff that we have no clue how they're going to even turn out. Stuff that when we go back home, answers are going to come and we're scared on what those answers are going to look like or potentially might be. But God, as we've seen tonight, when we remain in you, 
You care for us. You tend to us. And it's all because of fruit bearing. And not just some fruit, but more fruit and much fruit. So Father, help us now as we give those things to you in closing with these songs. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Maywood Student Ministries podcast. We hope that this episode encouraged and strengthened you in your walk with the Lord. See you on the next episode.